Well, it's really good to be with you this Vision Sunday as we take the chance to look back with thanks to God for all that he has been about in our midst over the last 12 months and to look forward to all that we hope and pray God is going to be about in the year to come. I've been working through this message for the last few months with the support of the PCC and it's great to be able to share with you today. So our vision as a church is to see more deeper and closer followers of Jesus. More followers of Jesus because we uh, long and pray for our friends and our families, our neighbours and our colleagues to discover the love of Jesus Christ for themselves and to become uh, followers of him. That's more. Deeper followers of Jesus Christ because we long and pray that we will go deeper in our faith, greater in our dependence and more fully in our obedience in our following of the Lord Jesus Christ. And closer followers of Jesus because we long as a community to model the love and the care of God in our love and life together to a watching world. So more, deeper, closer followers of Jesus. That's what we long for. That's what we pray for. And I just want to take an opportunity to look back on how God has answered those prayers over the last 12 months. Here's a video that just shows some of the highlights from 2015. That's great. So that's really encouraging to look back. But I guess the question is, well, what of the year ahead? What does 2016 hold? Well, our vision remains the same, more deeper and closer followers of Jesus. And we'll be looking to maintain all that is fruitful and faithful in our Sunday congregations and our midweek ministry as a church. But I guess there's one particular theme I want to share with you this morning, one prayer that I have for this church in the year ahead. And it kind of builds on what Mike shared last week as he introduced the verse for the year for us from Zechariah. Not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. If you haven't had the chance to listen to that message, do so on the website. Now I'll get to my prayer in a moment. Let me just take a bit of a a step back first. I've said on before on Vision Sunday and at other times that one of our greatest temptations as a church is for us to rely on ourselves and our own resources. To think that we're the great staff, amazing facilities, and highly competent and creative people around, that it's kind of all down to us, and that we can do it, whatever God calls us to. Now, on one level, that's true. But in another sense, that's quite a risky place to be. To think that we can do God's work without actually relying on God. It seems to me that's neither faithful nor going to be fruitful. I think that was probably one of the challenges we faced during Life to the Full last year, that with such an amazingly full and exciting program, the temptation was just to be busier doing than it was to be praying. And I think we've probably still got stuff to learn here. I know I have. Let's not forget that we live in a society that encourages us to rely on ourselves and sees dependence on others as somehow a weak thing. But it seems to me that Jesus modelled a different way. In our Bible reading today, taken from the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry, we see that Jesus goes into the desert, and there, in the midst of temptation, relies not on his own willpower or strength, but on the resources that God the Father offers him, principally his word. Jesus seeks resources from beyond himself to prepare for God's work. And we'll see that pattern repeated again and again through his ministry as he retreats and seeks the Father's strength in prayer. You see, Jesus models not self-reliance, but God-reliance. 
Jesus models not self-reliance, but God-reliance. And it seems to me we're called to do the same. To rely, to depend, not on ourselves, but on God and his resources for us. Now that's countercultural. That goes against our egos that say we want to be in charge. But it is the way of Jesus. And as I've been thinking and praying for our church in the year ahead, I guess that's the biggest prayer I've got for us. That yes, we will reach out in the mission God has called us to. But above all, my prayer is that we will grow in our dependence on God and his resources. That we will grow as deeper followers of Jesus. Because then our mission will be only more effective. I guess I've got a really strong picture in my mind when I talk about this. It comes from when I first visited the Holy Land six years ago. And in particular, when I went to that area just outside Jericho, not far from where Jesus first experienced those temptations, it is completely barren. It's rocky, it's sandy, as far as the eye can see. And then suddenly, as we turned round the road on the bus that we were travelling, we saw this sight. A tree in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere. With leaves and flourishing and fruit... And I said to the guide, you know, how does this happen? And he said, well, he said, the roots of that tree have gone so deep that they're tapping into an underground stream that doesn't dry up, even in the midst of the summer. And when I saw that, I remember thinking, at that moment, as I was sitting on the bus, of some words from Psalm 1, which describes the person who trusts, not in himself, but in God and his word, as being like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And that, for me, describes a picture of what the Christian life is about, that we will put deep roots down into God so that we are fed and nourished to bear fruit for him. And I guess that picture sums up my prayer for us as a church this year that we'll put deep, deeper roots down into God so that we will be nourished and fruitful for the mission he calls us to. That's why I think the verse for the year is so apt. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. It's a verse that reminds us that our resources are not what we find in ourselves. Our resources are what we find deep down as we put roots deep down into God. And guess this morning, I want to share two very specific ways, I hope and pray, we will go deeper in our faith in the year to come. And the first is this book, Celebration of Discipline, which I am praying we will read and engage with as a whole church in the months to come. Let me tell you first how I came across it. I I was first recommended to me over 20 years ago when I was sitting in a CU meeting at university, Um, I was hugely put off by the title because Celebration of Discipline sounded like an oxymoron to me. You may as well kind of call it Enjoyment of Maths Revision or something. Apologies for the maths teachers here. But anyway, um, you you know, it just didn't kind of work out really. Um, Then, um, so I kind of put it to one side. They were raving about it, but I just put it to one side. Um, And and then a few years later, I actually got round to reading it. That's the most difficult thing, by the way. It's opening the cover. Once you've done that, the rest of it gets easy. Well, actually, uh, I opened it and I read it and I saw what people were banging on about. Because quite simply, this is one of the classics of the Christian faith. 
It is a spiritual classic. The author, Richard Foster, just sets out very simply the main ways in which people have, over the centuries, grown in faith and dependence of God, the way that people have put deeper roots down into God, what he calls the disciplines of the Christian life. That word discipline, by the way, we need to be really clear what that means. It doesn't mean getting told off. Not in this category here, okay? The word discipline here means, as Foster understands it, the things that we do intentionally and regularly. So like brushing your teeth is a discipline. Yeah, yeah getting the car insured is a discipline. Remembering people's birthdays are disciplines. You know, the things that we do intentionally and regularly. And Richard Foster says there are certain disciplines to the Christian life that have always been done but are now often neglected that help us put those roots deeper down into God. And so he talks about prayer and fasting, simplicity, solitude, confession, worship, celebration, all in a really practical and applied way. I have to say, this book changed the way I sought to grow and go deeper in my faith. From simply thinking that I needed to try harder, you know, work, screw my eyes, I'm just going to get going for it, it helped me access the God-given ways in which people have, over the centuries, gone deeper into God. It kind of helped me pray in ways I'd never done before. It helped me hear from God in ways I'd never expected. Um, As a PCC, we read this book over the summer last year, uh, and then we met together um, over dinner in September to share how God had spoken to us through it. It was really encouraging to hear the different ways in which people had heard from God as they'd tried out some of these disciplines of the Christian life. So I think it's a really important book for us as a church. I think it helps us face head-on two of the most significant challenges to the life of faith. Self-reliance, which we've talked about, and also superficiality. When our faith is so shallow because we've just not taken the time to go deeper. We've not put down deep roots into God. Our roots are on the surface because... Putting deep roots down involves sustaining practices over the long term. Whereas, you know, in our culture, we want results now. You know, great abs in 40 days. You know, lose two stone in a month. You know, and actually, this book challenges that idea and says that our relationship with God changes over time as we do things regularly and intentionally. It's a really timely message for us as a church. So I'm encouraging all of us to read it during the first half of this year. Now, we can do that on our own, but I think the best way to do that is as part of a small group. So I'm encouraging all small groups in our church, all 30 small groups or so, to work through a chapter of this book, a meeting, until the summer break. We're also setting up some new study, book study groups, if you like, for people who aren't in small groups at the moment, but would like to work through this book with others. And so we're setting up a a group on a Tuesday evening and a Thursday morning. And if you want to be part of that, you're interested to find out more, you can just sign up in the foyer and and we'll get in touch with you about details of how you can be part of a small group just for the next two terms as we work through Celebration of Discipline together. And I'm really pleased that Mike Hull will be writing a weekly blog on our website about this book and about how we can get the most out of it uh, as disciples of Jesus Christ. So I'm really hopeful about how God will be at work as we read this book together. But a few health warnings, just to remind you, things to remember as you read this book. First of all, it is a book that will stretch our understanding of what following Jesus is all about. I'm not apologetic for that, because that's how we grow. 
You know, we won't grow deeper roots into God by wanting it alone any more than we will build muscle simply by looking at a picture of a gym. It doesn't work like that. We will be stretched, and that is good. That's good. Secondly, though, we don't need to put everything in this book into practice all at once, so that by the end of June we're all doing 12 disciplines and utterly neurotic. I mean, that's not the idea. The idea, I think the best way to read this book, is to pray that God will lay on our hearts one or two things that he wants us to take forward. Yeah? One or two things. Uh, And so for me, when I first read it, it was about solitude and needing to cut out noise so that I could hear from God. That was the one thing that really God laid on my heart. There are other things that I know God has spoken to other people about as they've read this book. Just lay one or two things on your heart. And the third thing to remember about this book is don't forget grace. God won't love you any more if you do all 12 of these disciplines, and he won't love you any less if you do none of them. Because God loves you completely, unconditionally, and permanently. If you doubt that, look at the cross. That's where his love is. Yeah? So you can pick up a copy of Celebration of Discipline today. We're asking for contributions of £8. Just pop your money in the little glass bowl. If you want to pay a little bit more so that other people can get it for free, even better. Um, uh, Take that away with you today. Uh, Be part of a small group or sign up to be part of the study groups on a Tuesday and a Thursday. The second way... Uh, which I pray will be growing as deeper followers of Jesus, is by starting to pray with a prayer partner from Lent this year. Now, we all know, don't we, that prayer is a central part of deepening our faith, and Richard Foster helps us uh, think about personal prayer. But I guess I know from my own experience and from talking with others, particularly in the last few months, just how special it is to pray regularly with one other person. I do it myself. So I have a friend of mine from university I've known for over 20 years. Uh, he now lives in the area. And we meet once a month to have lunch together in the cathedral refectory uh, and then to pray together. And, and I kind of tell him just about everything that's going on and he tells me stuff. And we pray honestly for each other and we pray at other times in the month as well. And it has been such a blessing for me to be accountable, to be encouraged by one person who knows really well. And and I guess my encouragement is for all of us to think about developing one prayer partnership. That might be with somebody we know well or somebody we're just getting to know. It might be somebody we work nearby or live nearby. It may be somebody from this church or another church. It doesn't matter. Um, It could be the person you're married to, but you want to actually form that prayer partnership in a very intentional way. Uh, we've got some resources at the back, uh, just on the back wall, uh, about some uh, things you might want to talk about when you meet, things you might want to pray about, uh, and some books to read. And what we're suggesting is you think and pray about who you want to ask to be a prayer partner over the next few weeks. And then come Lent, which is the 10th of February, you kick off and you try meeting with a prayer partner for Easter, until Easter, and see how it goes. And if it's working well, carry on. I think Lent is a great time for taking things up, not giving things up. Yeah? I gave up chocolate last year. It was a dead loss. Didn't, take me, didn't bring me close to the Lord Jesus. Just made me more grumpy. Um, so I'm going to take something on this year. And I encourage you to do the same in Lent. Uh, a prayer partner, somebody who you'll pray with, and will pray for you. As more details at the back.
So those are two ways in which I pray that we will grow as deeper followers of Jesus in the year to come, a way we will put deeper roots down into God through celebration of discipline and prayer partners. I'm going to be taking my own steps to deepen my faith as after 10 years as vicar of HTC, I've been given a sabbatical, which I'm going to be taking from May to August this year. And for the aim for that time is to help me recharge uh, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and listen to what God is saying. So I'm going to spend a month of that time uh, in Bethlehem uh, on retreat and uh, doing some uh, volunteering there. Um, I'm going to spend two months at home studying, and the final month will be a family holiday. And uh, I'm really grateful to the diocese and the PCC for giving me uh, the chance to do this, and I know that the church will be in really safe hands, as might be, uh, takes up the reins together with the support of the whole staff team. So what else have we got planned for 2016? Well, we've got the Alpha course kicking off this Thursday with Simon Thomas coming to speak. We've got two great guest events in May, building on life to the full when we felt we wanted to invite guests to church. We've got a great comic called Paul Carenza. He writes for Miranda. He's a comic in his own right. I've heard him. He's brilliant. He's come to an evening of comedy and faith in May. And then an actor called David Payne is coming to give us an evening called An Evening with C.S. Lewis, introducing that great man and his work and his faith. They're going to be two kind of mutually supportive events. You can be confident in inviting friends to either of them. Uh, And details of that will be available about uh, later on. We're going to look at Matthew's Gospel uh, before and after Easter. Jesus in deed and word. Before Easter, we're going to be looking in Sunday teaching at what Jesus did. After Easter, we're going to be looking at what Jesus taught. And I'm really excited to announce that... uh, After the successful visit of Archbishop Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury, to Connections last year, they've invited us for a special one-off Connections to take place at Lambeth Palace in March this year. So Connections going on tour. Uh, They were just... They were just so grateful for what they, were, what they experienced and uh, they're really looking forward to welcoming us to Lambeth Palace and uh, for a one-off connection special in the Great Hall, uh, which is going to be really special as well. The other key development in 2016 will be the recruitment of an associate vicar um, to start God willing uh, later in the year. Uh, now, we're hugely blessed uh, at Holy Trinity through the ministry of Mike Barton as curate. Um, and it's fair to say that we wouldn't be able to do all that we can uh, without him. But Mike's curacy comes to an end uh, at the end of July 2017 at the latest, and we will have to wait over a year for him to be replaced, and we can't even be sure that he will be, uh, because it's not in our power. And the PCC is clear that in order to make our ministry as a church sustainable, we need to strengthen our ordained staff through the appointment of a permanent number two, to serve the ministry of our church. Uh, And the associate vicar will also serve as director of discipleship, so helping us all go deeper in our faith. So we're going to place an advert in the church press this week, and hopefully a successful candidate could start uh, later in the year. So it promises as ever to be an exciting uh, year for us as a church. Um, I'll be out of the picture for a while, obviously, but I know that any sort of transition provides a, a new opportunity for God to be at work, Uh, and we all have the chance to grow as deeper followers of Jesus and to move our church forwards in the mission God has called us to. Now, we also have a chance to be involved in our mission through our giving 
to God's work. Let me just give a few headlines for you. The first is to be hugely thankful to you and to God for the provision in 2015. You may remember we set a pretty demanding giving target of £570,000 just about uh, last year. And the good news is we met that target through new givers, through one-off gifts to life to the full, and an increase in regular giving. Um, With some money from renting the hall and other income, we raised about £660,000 as a church, and we spent 650000 That was within 1% of our budget. That meant we went out of 2015 with a small surplus, which has been earmarked for some repairs on this tower behind me, which you may not see needs some repairs, but does actually. So that's what that's going to go towards. Now, 2016, well, we've got the recruitment and salary costs of an associate vicar to pay. Um, all of that means that the amount we're looking to raise from our giving as a church for this year is £590,000. That's about £20,000 more than we raised this last year. But I'll tell you why it's a challenge, and that's this. In 2016, we are not planning a one-off appeal like we had this time last year. So as I said this time last year, 2016 is going to be quite a challenge because we're going to need to see our regular giving increase if we match what we're spending with what we're receiving. Uh, And without that, we won't be able to continue all that we currently do. So here's how we can make it happen. I'm writing to everyone in church today uh, with one of two requests. Uh, First of all, if you're not currently giving regularly to the ministry of our church, will you please join the 330 individuals and families who currently are? We've set a target of 20 new givers for 2016. Uh, Will you be one of those? Uh, Second, if you are currently giving, will you consider increasing your gift to help put the ministry of HTC on a more sustainable footing? Overall, we need an average increase of 7% in our regular giving to match what we receive with what we're spending. Now, I recognise that's challenging because few of us will have received a 7% increase in income in the last 12 months. I know I haven't. But growing in giving is actually also an opportunity to grow in faith. Let me explain what I mean. I remember when Annabelle and I first started taking seriously the call in the Bible to set apart 10% of our joint income to give to the Lord's work. Now, now we didn't have 10% just kind of knocking around, (laughs) just wondering what to do with it. It felt like a really big step every month to give away an amount with two noughts on the end. It took faith that we were being obedient and that was what God wanted. It involved giving up a bit of security and relying on God to provide. But it grew our trust that God's blessings in Christ were far more than anything we were being called to give up. And we never ran short of God's blessings as a result. But we did go deeper in our faith and dependence on God. And it may be that God is calling you to go deeper in your faith by making a step towards that biblical pattern of a tithe 10% to give to the Lord's work. Now, that will take faith, but it will also deepen your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So do please pick up a letter today which explains the challenge and all the vision for 2016. Uh, if there's not one with your name on it, uh, please take a blank envelope and just sign your name on the clipboard next to it so we know your details for next year. And two other ways to take this forward. First of all, as Mike said at the beginning, do come to our church vision meeting a week tomorrow. I can't tell you, it is so encouraging to be able to hear stories of how God has been at work in the life of our church that we just don't have time to share on a Sunday. So just make that a priority, 8 o'clock uh, a week tomorrow, Monday evening, our church vision meeting. And the second invitation is to take part in our 24 hours of prayer from the 29th to the 30th of January, so later this month, as we kind of seek the Lord's guidance and provision for our church. Because, listen, we're not going to go deeper in our faith. We're not going to meet the giving challenge if God isn't at work. It's just not going to happen. And I kind of want us to show as a church that we're committed to seeking God's resources for the year ahead. And so I think we can do 24 hours of prayer as a church. I don't think it's too much. Uh, what we've done is we've split 24 hours into half-hour sections with three people per section. Now, I'm not brilliant at maths, but I work out that's just under 150 slots there are over 500 people in church today across our five congregations. So I reckon it would be great if we fill up every slot and more uh, as a commitment that we will pray in this building for 24 hours. Because then the next day, Commitment Sunday, the 31st of January, is when we bring our pledges and ourselves to God for the year ahead. Um, take the opportunity to sign up today because the good slots are still there. Uh, uh, and uh, and just, I just want us to show, actually as a church, we believe that we need God on this, and we need his resources. So, that's the year ahead. I guess I want to take us again to that picture, which I guess, if you like, sums up my vision for the year ahead. That picture of the tree in the Judean desert, a tree nourished, and made fruitful by what? By deep roots. By deep roots. And that's my prayer for our picture of faith, that we'll put deep roots down into God. That in a community where there is so much on and a church which is always so busy, I pray that this year we'll be active not just doing, but really taking time to be with Jesus to go deeper in him, not in quick-fix ways, but in the ways that have sustained the church over the centuries and which seem actually to me more important than ever. I pray that in a self-reliant and often superficial world, we will drink deeply from the wells of life that Jesus offers and that he will feed us not to retreat from the world, but to engage more fully, more sacrificially, and ultimately more fruitfully in the mission God has for the world he loved so much. And as we respond to the giving challenge as a church, I pray that we'll grow in faith and confidence in what God's resources can look like and in all he can do that is more than we can ask or imagine. So please pray for me that I in all that I do and have before me, will go deeper in my faith and put deeper roots down into God in the year to come. Because that will be my prayer for you, 
that will be my prayer for us as a church, that we will go deeper into God, that we might be more fruitful for him. Let me pray.